take our Bible tonight and go over to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. I told you I was going to start a series of messages. And the uh, Lord being our helper, I'm going to start a series of messages uh, on the home. Home's important. Home's a big deal. A lot of people don't think the home's a big deal, but it's a big deal. As a matter of fact, it's probably one of the biggest deals that you've got in your whole life uh, is your home. And uh, it is very important. And uh, so let's begin to read. We're just going to begin at the beginning. We're talking about uh, the creation right here. Uh, Adam, uh, God is fixing to create Eve. Uh, but let's look in verse 18, Genesis 2. Let's stand if we would. We'll reverence the reading of God's word. I appreciate all the singing tonight. What a blessing. Amen. All that singing was a blessing, special singing. and uh, I mean, just the good choir singing. I appreciate that. I was a little cool when I come in. Put me over there playing them hard songs. And man, I'm, I was sweating by the time I got up off that thing. And, but let's look in uh, verse 18. Genesis 2 and verse 18. And the Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Imagine how smart Adam was. God brought the creatures to Adam and Adam named them. That's pretty good. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to all fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked. And the man, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. You can be seated tonight. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for the singing. Uh, it's preaching time. And Lord, we pray for your help. Uh, we certainly need some direction. Uh, need you to open folks' hearts to the receiving of the word. Uh, Lord, I can preach till I'm blue in the face. But if, if the Holy Spirit don't do the work, it's not going to get done tonight. Lord, I'm going to try my best to mind you and what you'd have us to say tonight. And Lord, I pray if some folk might need to just draw a little close, I pray they would. Maybe somebody here lost that don't know you. And I pray that you'd give them instruction tonight. And we'll take in it. We love you. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for loving us as the song said tonight. You loved us anyway. And I thank you for that. Thank you for saving. I pray that you'd save that sinner's nearest tale this evening. Help us now while we might preach. Touch us and know us afresh for all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Um, the word home is defined uh, as a dwelling place uh, or one's country. Uh, when I get away from home sometimes, when uh, we travel away, I'll say, well, back home. And I'm not necessarily talking about in tranquility, but in southeast Tennessee. I think most of us have done that. Believe it or not, the word home also refers uh, to death. Ecclesiastes, the writer in Ecclesiastes 12, uh, 
uh, talks about our long home. And he's talking about death right there, that we're going to go to our long home, or it's the place where something uh, belongs. Uh, my wife has a home for a lot of stuff inside our house, and uh, that's where it goes. You say, why your wife? Because it ain't me. That's for sure tonight. If I can find a place to put it, that's where it'll land at most of the time. Uh, but it is a place of where uh, the abiding place of affection. Uh, and it said especially the domestic affections. And that's talking about home. A home uh, deals with a mom and a dad, a husband and a wife, uh, and children. Let me say if you're single tonight, uh, then you are the home. And how you live before Christ is what's going to make your home tonight. And so I'd encourage you to uh, live for the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll have a good godly home. And that goes uh, for all of us. Uh, let me say by way of introduction tonight that the home uh, is literally being attacked. Uh, the sanctity of the home. You know what that word means? Sanctity. It, uh, it means the holiness of or it means the goodness or the purity of the world uh, is attacking the home. Uh, what we call the, uh, the nuclear family, a mom and a dad uh, uh, and children is literally uh, being attacked from the outside uh, in tonight. God set it up that way. As a matter of fact, as I read this right here, uh, God saw that as Adam was by himself, and I have no doubt, I'm going to deal with this here in a minute, that Adam and God had a relationship. God created Adam. And he brings everything to Adam to be named. That he brings everything to Adam to, for him to look at. I mean, can you imagine that whole process? I'd like to have been sitting somewhere and just watch that whole thing go down, wouldn't you? That would have been something else. That God brings all these animals to this one man and he tells Adam, he says, name these things right here. And so that's what he does. I'm telling you, God and Adam had a relationship, but when the Lord looked down at Adam, here's what he said. Uh, he said, it is good that man should not be alone. Now you can ask my wife, I, I, I'm an extrovert, and she's an introvert. In other words, she can spend time by herself for a long time, and it don't bother her. After about a day by myself, I took all I can take. I've got to go find somebody to talk to. I, I've, I've got to be around people, and that's just how it is. And my wife can tell when she comes home from work, I, I, and, and I've not been around anybody all day, she'll look at me after about 30 minutes and say, you've not been around anybody, have you today? And I say, no, I'm not. But notice that God saw that Adam was alone. And He said, it's good that man does not... Well, alone, but notice what he was going to do. He said, I will make a help me for him. As a matter of fact, as he come down in verse 20, after he had named uh, everything, uh, uh, the fowl, the air, and the cattle, uh, and every beast of the field, uh, but then the Bible tells us again that there was not found a help me for him. So as much as I think we've got sideways on our animals, and, and we've got, listen, we, we've got a, a cat in a house and, and, and I understand all that, and I think you will take care of your animals. Uh, they, they're not your helpmate tonight. 
that's, that's the thing. I, I love animals, and I, I, I really do. And I, the Bible tells us over there that a righteous man well, will regard his beast. But notice after he named uh, all these animals that God brought to him, uh, uh, the Bible in, in its infinite wisdom said, But for Adam there was not found a help me for him. And so right here he says that God took that rib or put man to sleep. I, I can remember the first time I ever had to go have surgery. I, I did not want to be put to sleep. I'd never been put to sleep. I was in my early 30s and, and I did not want to be put to sleep. And uh, my wife, she said, well, you know, the first operation that ever took place, they had to put them to sleep. I thought she'd been studying on, on operations. I said, what are you talking about? And she said, well, when God made woman, he put Adam to sleep. I said, Okay. I guess I'm going to have to go be put to sleep, I guess. But notice what God does. He creates a woman for man. And boy, ain't that been an argument here in the past 10 to 15 to 20 years? Especially in the national uh, setup of things, about how things are to be in, in a marriage and in a home. I, I'll just go ahead and tell you tonight, if you don't know it, a home's to be made up of a man and a woman and children. It's to be made up of a husband and a wife, which is a man and a woman and children. That's the way it works tonight, friend. I didn't set the rules. God set the rules. I didn't, I didn't listen, and that's where people, they have a real problem with things tonight, uh, is in the final authority of God's Word. That's why that's where people struggle. They want it their way, but it's not your way, and it's not mine, it's God's way. But notice here, the sanctity of the home is being targeted and is trying to be destroyed. Now reckon who's doing that. Reckon who wants to destroy the home tonight. Well, it's Satan, ain't it? I mean, for the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If I and, and let me just cut to the chase tonight and say this, that your home ought to be a fun place. It ought to be a restful place. It ought to be a great place to be. It should have rules. It should have reward for doing good and doing right when it comes to children. It should have punishment and consequences uh, when they do wrong. But nonetheless, your house should revolve around God uh, and around God's Word tonight. If you want a good home, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take this book right here. Amen. Uh, I am determined tonight uh, with this statement that I'm about to say that as long as folk that are inside that home are minding God, it'll work. It'll work. It'll have to work. There's no other way around it. Uh, As long as we're minding God, uh, it'll work. Uh, we need God in the middle of, uh, of our home. I want you to notice how much that God cared for Adam. Notice that God cared enough for Adam that he was willing to give him Eve. Somebody that uh, he could fellowship with and spend time with uh, uh, down here upon this earth. And notice he said right here, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now take your Bible and go to the book of Genesis 5. Go to chapter 5. I think some of y'all, we've showed this before in preaching. By the way, this is going to be exciting. We'll be exciting to you tonight. Amen. Look in Genesis 5. Look in verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. 
uh, male and female created he them and blessed them and notice what your Bible says and called their name Adam in the day they, when they were created. Adam was the one that named Eve but God named them both Adam. Notice what I read. He said, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be what? One flesh. See, the home starts with a husband and a wife. Right? I know things get backwards sometimes, a little crazy. And, but, but, but at the end of the day, I, I, and I know that as I preach this, I'm going to preach it from a perfect standpoint, by the way. And sometimes not everything's perfect. And you know what we do when things get unperfect? We try to line it back up and make it perfect against that book right there. Y'all understand what I'm saying right there? Because as preachers, what we do sometimes, we preach out of that book, and this book is right, and this book is always on point, and it's always got the final authority. And you know what? We think that at the end of the day, let me see how I can say this and get it right, that everything that... Got to get this right or it's going to sound bad. Let me say this. We should just line up with this book. But for some reason, sometimes we struggle to line up with this book. But what makes a good home? What makes a good home? Remember I told you a few minutes ago that that Joe, uh, Joe that Adam had a relationship with the Lord. You know what makes a good home? This is where I want to start at tonight. Is your relationship with the Lord. Now you get your relationship right with the Lord. And you'll have your relationship right with your husband. You'll have your relationship right with your wife. You'll have your relationship right with your parents. You'll have your relationship uh, right with your children. That's what makes a good home. If you're doing what needs to be done and what should be done, then it should be that way. So our personal relationship with Him, uh, uh, first of all, is what makes a good home. I believe Adam had one. I, I wonder who told Adam. I, I wonder where he got that at when he said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she's taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. What did he know about a father and a mother? Well, think about that for just a second. And shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So our personal relationship with the Lord, I I, I honestly believe tonight that my relationship has to be right with the Lord to have a good relationship with my wife tonight. And let me say this, chances are you ain't going to have a good relationship with your wife or with your husband or your children until you do. Can I say tonight that my wife has her own relationship with the Lord and I have my own relationship with the Lord. And then we have one that is together with each other that revolves around the Lord. 
Preacher, is, is, is your house just all about Jesus? Well, I hope so. Amen. But we have fun at our house. We have a good time at our house. The older I get, the less I want to go places. I like being home. It's a good thing, ain't it? If you like being home, it's a good thing to have a good home. That's all I know to tell you. Because home ought to be a good place. But let me ask you tonight about your personal relationship with the Lord. Whether you're married or not married, whether you've got children or not got children, or any of those things, how is your relationship with the Lord? See, because it's going to have to start with you. Let me ask you tonight, how's, how's your prayer time? So, preacher, you all the time harping on prayer time and daily Bible reading because that's what you need and that's what I need. I mean, it's simple if you want to know the truth. Having a relationship with the Lord is one of the most simplest things that there is. Uh, Dale Moody was quoted as saying this, and uh, he said, uh, listening to church on the radio... That's about all they had back in the time of Moody's day. He said, listen to church on the radio. Uh, he, he, said, uh, is, is, he said, which one would you rather do? Uh, talk to your favorite girl on the telephone or go see her for a while? And so he said, going to church on the radio. Back then they even had radio preachers all the way back in Dale Moody's day, days. Let me ask you, which one's better if you just come to church for a few hours or you go home and you spend some time with Him by yourself. Listen, I, I know church is a great thing. I love church. I love coming to worship. I, I, love, I love this time. I, I love to fellowship with you and I love to fellowship with Him and that around the blood of His darling Son. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, there, there's, no, uh, there, there's no... Let me see how I can say this. Uh, there's uh, no substitute... Uh, for a personal relationship with Christ. I, I cannot, I cannot depend on my wife's relationship with Christ to get me through. And vice versa. Now there's times we're going to have to lean on each other. Uh, there's times your children are going to have to lean on you. There's uh, times that, uh, listen, that, that you're going to be there as a family uh, for each other. But your personal relationship. Matthew 6 talks about uh, our prayer time, our prayer closet. That we go in, he said, uh, when I understand thy closet and shut the door. I've said this a thousand times from his pulpit, it seems. I can get in the prayer closet, but shutting the door is the hardest thing to ever do. To separate yourself out from this world, to separate yourself out from what's going on around you, uh, to get away from everything else and just to spend some time alone with God talking to Him. Do you do that? I'm talking about your home. Because see, I'm going to tell you, if, if you're going to have a home, if, if, if you're going to live this, let me say this, if, if, if you're just single and you're going to live this life and you're going to have good days and, and all that, you're going, to have, you're going to have to be able to talk to the Lord. But if you're going to have a, a maid, a, a husband or a wife and raise children and have a home, you better know how to pray. Everybody ought to say amen right there that's got children. You better know how to pray. He said to enter into our closet and shut the door. So our personal relationship needs to be in that of one of prayer. 
by the way, uh, men, don't, don't depend on your wives to do all the praying. You learn how to pray. Ladies, don't depend on your husband to do all the praying. You learn how to pray. Well, sometimes there's going to be some tough times. I, I, as I was standing here, I was thinking about the Shunammite woman uh, who, who Elisha, uh, you know, would, would come by and, and she, she realized uh, that he was a godly man and told her husband, said, hey, we need to build him a little room onto the side of our house and, and give him a place to lay down and give him a table to sit at uh, and gave him, I believe even give him a little light in there. Uh, and, and, and so God give them a child. And, and as that child grew, uh, uh, the Bible said over there that uh, one day he was in the field with his father and he said, oh, my head, my head. And one of the servants carried him back to his mother uh, and that child sat on his mother's lap until noon uh, uh, and then died. And you know what she does? She lights out and that after the man of God. And you know what she told that servant that, that, was, that she was riding on that beast with? She said, don't you slack up for nothing unless I tell you to. You ride as hard and as fast as you can ride. We're going to get to the man of God. You know, mama, sometimes you just have to do some hard things. Sometimes you've got to do some tough things. And you better have a good relationship uh, and that with the Lord uh, uh, because you're going to need Him to help you get through it all. Amen. Amen. See, men, we're, we're supposed to already be tough, and uh, we're not tough by ourselves. We're going to see here in the book of 1 Peter here in a little bit. But we need him because there's going to be times we just don't know what to do. I mean, we, we just ain't going to know what to do. As parents, you're not going to know what to do. You're uh, going to wonder about things. Maybe as a husband, you're not going to know what to do here. As, as a wife, you're not going to know what to do. And you're going to need that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, so that He can guide you and direct you in your home. So you need to know how to pray. You need to read your Bible. He said in 1 Timothy chapter 4, he said give attendance to reading. Just read. My pastor used to make that statement many times. Reading will clear up a lot of problems. A lot of truth to that, ain't there? Let's read your Bible. It'll fix a lot of things if we just read uh, uh, and then become submissive uh, uh, and yield to the will of God and to the Word of God. Uh, uh, it would fix a lot of things and a lot of holes. One of the most problems that I see in homes that is problematic is me. It's always me. If, if, if the Lord is not sitting on the throne at your house, then who is? I mean, if, if your home is not focused around Him and centered on Him and think about what Christ would want, then who's sitting on the throne at your house? Who's ruling your house? You know what I'm asking tonight? If it's Mark, then we're going to do what Mark wants to do. If it's Miss Latham, then we're going to do what Miss Latham wants to do. And sometimes Mark is not always going to want to do what Miss Latham wants to do and vice versa. 
But boy, when Christ is ruling in our home, and boy, we're yielding and submissive to Him, then boy, He can have His perfect way, can't He? If I was to tell you, me and Miss Latham never argue, that'd be a lie, and I think y'all know that. But there is one thing about it is, as much fun as I like to pick at her and pick on her, and we carry on a lot of times, I, I like for our home to be focused and centered on Him. Are you submissive to the will of God? Let me ask you tonight, how much do you love God? You know, the Bible said in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. That's how we're supposed to love God tonight. Having a good relationship with the Lord will change how you act and react and how you think. And it will change how you look at yourself. It will change how you look at your children. It will change how you look at your spouse. It will change every bit of that. I mean, here Adam is. God has created woman, uh, created Eve, uh, uh, and brought him to her. And he said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she's taken from man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh. That word cleave there means to be attached to and hold on to. Tell your Bible and go to the book of 1 Peter chapter 3. You know the job is your pastor. One of the jobs of being your pastor is try to make sure that you've got what you need to be able to have a good home. I can't make you have a good home. I can pray that you have a good home, but I can't make you have a good home. But see, the thing about it is, I know that what makes up this church is homes. I know that. Why do you think the devil wants to destroy the home? Why do you think he's after your home? Why do you think he likes to get in and wheedle between mom and dad or between the kids and mom or between the kids and dad or between the kids and their parents? Why do you think he wants to get in there? Because if he can keep something stirred up, he'll all the time keep you from being able to serve the Lord like you're supposed to. Again, I understand not everything's perfect. I get that. I understand that. Well, look with me in 1 Peter chapter 3. Am I making sense tonight? All right. I hope so. Look in verse 1. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. I've got that word own underlined in my Bible. Subjection to your husband. That if any obey not the word, they also may, uh, may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great pride. Uh, for after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto his wife as unto the weaker vessel, 
and as heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. I'll stop right there. I'll come back here in a minute. Notice, notice as he lays out with a wife in, in verse 1. I'm talking about having a relationship with God. Notice this wife right here, that her husband was not saved. That's what he's talking about right there. He's talking about a, a saved wife with an unsaved husband. He said, you wives, and, and we can even apply it maybe to one uh, that, that's even backslid if you want to say that. But he said, you wives be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, that they may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Some are not going to listen to preaching. Some are just not going to listen to preaching. Some are not going to listen uh, to, to good gospel singing. They're just not going to do that. And here's what he said. Uh, he said that maybe they can be won without the word. How? He said by the conversation of their wives. He's not talking about their speech. I, you know, y'all know this. The word conversation in your King James Bible means deportment or how you carry yourself. Now notice he explains that. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. So they're watching how their wife lives. So here this wife has to have a relationship with God, don't she? You see what I'm, you see what I'm saying? She has to have a relationship with with God, I think there is a lot of, uh, of spouses, and I'll just put it this way, that expect their spouse uh, to do the heavy lifting when it comes to spiritual matters. My wife will be able to pray just as good as I can pray. Amen. By the way, you ought to be able to pray just as good as I can pray if I can pray good. I hope I can pray good. I'm talking like I can, don't I? Notice right here. He said, This is how she does it. He, he said, They're going to behold your chest conversation coupled with fear. So we see how they live, uh, their deportment, their behavior. Said, Whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plating of the hair, the wearing of the gold, and putting it on the power. It's, it's not what you've watched. It's, it's, it's not how the outward man has been dressed. But here's what the outward man, what needs to be on the outward man. He says, Let it be the hidden man of the heart. He said, let that hidden man that's on the inside that loves God and is going to serve God, that's what has to come out. He said, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit. Now he talks about in verse 3, the adorning. He he says, who's adorning? So she is adorned. That that word means to display the beauty of uh, or or to, uh, uh, to decorate, if I could say it that way. And he says, it's not the decoration. It's not the adorning of the hair and, and the gold and what she's wearing. That's not what's making a difference in her husband. But it's that what? It's that hidden man. That meek and that quiet spirit which in the sight of God is of a great pride. That only comes with a relationship with God. You you can't fake that. You can fake a lot of things, but you can't fake that. You can't fake that meek and quiet spirit. You can't fake a life that is lived before somebody that you live with. See, there's one person in this whole world other than me that knows me Almost as well, and that's my wife. Now, she don't know me as well as I know me. But she knows me. I mean, she, she lives with me. She sees me every day. She spends time with me every day. 
So he was telling, he said, if they're going to win their husband, he said, then it's going to be that ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. He said, it's worth something. He said, that meek and quiet spirit, that, that lady, that wife that is adorned like that, 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 that lady that, that has that chase, conver- that chase conversation, that loves God, and she acts godly and lives godly and is godly. Godliness is not wound up in the length of hair. So why do you say that? Because I know some of the church of God, man, the, the longer their hair is, if it's dragging the ground, the more godly they are. That's not so. In fact, men ought to have short hair and ladies ought to have long hair. Now, as uh, You can argue that with the Apostle Paul over there. What's the difference between short and long? Well, I, but I'm not getting into that. I don't want to get there tonight. I don't want to fish with that kind of words. Godliness is what's on the inside of the heart and what comes out. But then notice what he says. After he talks about how that Sarah called Abraham Lord, I can make a comment there, but I think I'll move on. Notice how they adorned themselves in verse 5. What did, the old, what did the holy women of God do? As they trusted in God, notice it said they adorned, there that word is, adorned themselves, being in what? Subjection to their own husband. Well, what did he say in verse 1? Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husband. When your heart's right with God, it's, it'd be easy to be in subjection to your own husband. I've, I've not found anywhere conditional on this thing either, by the way. Where if he does this and you do this, or if she does this and you do this as a man, I don't find that. He says, be in subjection to your own husband. Verse 7, though. He said, likewise, ye husbands. So now he gives us husbands. He says, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Now the very first thing, and I think it's very self-explanatory, he said, your husbands dwell with them. Who's he talking about? Wives. He said, dwell with them according to what? Knowledge. You know why I tell you you need to read your Bible? Because you need knowledge on how to dwell with your wife. I mean, it's very self-explanatory tonight. I had to learn as a young man. Me and Kelly got married at 19 years old. Been married for, uh, we're pushing 29 years. I told her the other day we left. I don't remember what we was talking about. We was coming down here uh, to the red light. We was pulling up. And somehow we got on our anniversary coming up here in just a little while. And, and, and we're, we're right at 29 years. And I told her, and I mean every minute, every bit of it, and I mean it right now, is I do it all over again. And, and we, had, we had some rough times in our early years. We did. Man, we were poor. I mean, we didn't have, and when I say we didn't have no money, I meant no money. No money meant no money. Do you know, do you know, do you know how hard that can make a marriage? Amen. It can make it tough. I'd do every day of it again, though. Maybe I'd be a little smarter about some things. But he said, dwell with them according to knowledge. Learn, learn how to 
live them. Uh, men, let, let me tell you this tonight. Uh, your wife is different than you. She thinks different than you. Uh, by the way, she looks different than you. Amen, 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 amen. Sound like my pastor there. He said, dwell with them according to knowledge. We have to learn how to dwell together, how to live together. That's what a husband and a wife does. It's what the family does. They live together. He said, dwell with them according to knowledge. And then he said this. He said, giving honor unto the wife. Giving honor? Giving honor unto the wife. That, when you honor somebody or honor something, then, then, then you're, 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 uh, you're raising, you're elevating it. Right? And that's what he's saying. He's saying you dwell with them according to knowledge and, and then you, you elevate her. As what? As the weaker vessel. By the way, he didn't say dumber. A lot of men think that, that their wife is... is the, I, I'm just going to tell you, Miss Latham is probably smarter than I am. I, I'm not saying that because I'm standing here now. I'm telling you, I've spent enough time with her. I, I, and my wife is very quiet. And, and until you get to know her, you really won't find out how smart she really is. My wife is very smart. But he said, you give honor unto her as unto the... Weaker vessel. If I have to give you a science lesson, and maybe I have to today, there is a difference between a man and a woman. And he said she is the weaker vessel. Now I understand today that the world does not like that, but that is the way that it is. And I'm not backing up off that. She is the weaker vessel. But you know what he said? He said you honor her in that very fact, and he said you learn how to live with her. You learn how to dwell with her. And here's why, being heirs, look here, together of the grace of life. He said, you're going to be heirs, why? Together, that word together. We're living together, dwelling together. The home is together. Together. That's what makes a good home, together. He said that your prayers be not hindered. (laughs) So here we come all the way back around to do you pray. He said, if, if you don't do this, if these things are not done, if you don't go in according to knowledge and give honor unto her as the weaker vessel, he said, your, your prayers will be hindered. I don't really care for that. I don't really care for my prayers being hindered. Because I'm going to tell you, there's times I need, I, not, not that I want to, but that I need to talk to the Lord. Won't you look with me in the next verse, in verse 8 of the same chapter. Now, I'm going to get ready to close. Stay with me. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrary wise, blessing. Knowing that you thereto, thereto are called, are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no God. Let him issue evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. I believe that would work good for the home, don't you? 
Now he's, talk, he's talking about brethren right there. He's talking about how we respond and react to each other. See, he's, he's literally left the home. I really believe that. But, but I believe verses 8 through 11 would work great for the home. To be of one mind. Are you of one mind? Having compassion one of another. To love his brethren. To be pitiful. To be courteous. There's nothing wrong with those things in the home tonight. To give her a place of dignity and rank. To give her a place of of high esteem. But for you to be subjective, submissive, in subjection to your husband. But then, but then to have compassion and love each other. And just to be pitiful and courteous. And not to rend evil for evil. Or railing for railing. Boy, when, when, one, when one side rears up on the other. Man, you, you know, uh, what, what is it? A, a soft answer turneth away wrath? He said, for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lip that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil. That means to run from it. To shun it and to do good. Let me sit peace and so it. Go after it. When your relationship is not right with the Lord, then it won't be right with your husband or your wife or with your children. But let me say this. When your relationship is not right with your children or not right with your spouse, your husband or your wife, your relationship won't be right with God. It's, 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 it's got to be right. Is everything always going to be perfect? We know better than that. We're imperfect people living on an imperfect world, but we do have a perfect Savior inside of us if we're saved. And we've got a perfect book in front of us that we can read and a perfect Savior that we can pray to. I get that it is a learning process. I mean, that's why we dwell with Him according to knowledge. That's why we have to learn that. He uses an example of Sarah with Abraham that, 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 that those ladies would learn from that. But when our relationship is not right with God, it puts a strain on everything else. And when it's not right with our husband, our wife, our children, or with our parents, it puts a strain on everything else too. As I close now, let me say this. There's just some things you're not going to learn but by experience. And sometimes it don't have to be your experience though. You can see from somebody else's or you can see from the experience of this book right here of what to do. Let's bow our heads tonight if we would.